Hey, welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about service now. We will be talking strategy, architecture, uh, technology, uh, just everything service now. We are not affiliated with service now. The opinions expressed are our own. We are just a couple of uh, people that are very passionate about the platform. So hope you'll join us for every episode. And without further ado, here we go. All right. Welcome back. This is Jason Gibson uh, with Service Sharp. Um, joining me as, as always is, is Randy and Brent. I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we're going to be covering a mobile app today. Uh, we're going to be going over um, the kind of the differences between the old mobile app and the new one and uh, maybe some specifics about the new one as well. Um, also, uh, after that, we're going to be covering uh, a little bit. Uh, we received uh, some questions from uh, somebody who listens, and we're going to be covering uh, their their questions and seeing if we can't help other people that are having some of the same issues. Um, but uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good, good. Having fun with the snow days. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of snow here in Oklahoma. So I, I know we have a lot of people from all over the world. And I just, uh, but here in Oklahoma, we have uh, some very strange weather. So we had, uh, um, you know, 70 degrees one day and it was snowing like crazy the next. So uh, welcome to Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a decent snowfall this time. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Enough to shut down the city. Uh, well, that. That only takes like a millimeter of snow. Yeah, like, like like a coating of uh, of snow on something, and they're shutting it down. You know. Yeah, as soon as there's like a one percent chance that there's going to be ice or snow, the bread and the milk disappears from the storage. <laughs> <store. laughs> true. Very Just true. Like tornado season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The thing well, is that most people don't take tornado season seriously, but no, right? Yeah. But yeah. the the one day we get ice is a is a disaster. So. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, well, let's let's get started. I'm gonna we'll get started with the mobile app. Uh, so there was there was an old mobile app that was um, you know I used it. Uh, a lot of people I know used it, and this is you know, um, prior to even Madrid, this is something that came out, uh, you know, pretty early on. So we used it a lot. Uh, it which was, is now called service now classic. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't the mobile classic. That's it. Yep. Um, it, it had, it, it definitely had its flaws and, um, it didn't have any flexibility. It was pretty rigid. You could do do really a set, set a few things. And then they came out with this new Madrid mobile app. Um, and everybody was super excited about it. Uh, everybody was super pumped. Uh, we got it implemented uh, and it was, it was good. It was um, applet based or app based, uh, which it was a step forward. And then lo and behold, the next version New York comes out and we've got a redo. Um, and now we have multiple apps. So to kind of catch people up on what that is, is they have decided to switch it out. So you have the mobile agent, which is one app, and the mobile app, which is kind of like your end user or consumer-driven application. Uh, would you kind of agree that that's, that's kind of what, we, what they've done uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now mobile is for 
the customers and now agent seems to be for your technicians and licensed people and so on. And the uh, now agent came with Madrid and now mobile is with New York, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so I've, I've had lots, uh, you know, we, we've set it up on several customers for both the Madrid and the New York. Um, I've got quite a bit of more experience with the New York one now. Um, since we've been, we've been doing some implementations of it. Um, the one with Madrid was pretty limited in what came out of the box. Um, I think it was, um, just honestly, I don't think it was, it was very much. I think there was approvals in it. Um, can you remember off the top of your head? What was in the, the Madrid one? Um, approvals and then uh, they had an ITSM plugin that you could do and it is a um, studio app that had incident management in it and so you could you know look at your tickets that were assigned to you assigned to your group you could reassign you can actually update and resolve a ticket from your mobile app that was a real winner in in the last implementation for that cust- for that team um, so that I mean, before that took a lot of custom work. So that's kind of where it was for that is, is out of the box. They gave you a snippet and then expected you to do all the other studio work for other applications you needed. Right. And, and so when they came out with the one for New York, it also, it came out of the box with, um, with incident, uh, my incidents, group incidents, my approvals. Um, and it came still, I think somewhat incomplete, but the nice thing about the new, the, the new both Madrid and, and New York, you can build stuff in there pretty well. So um, there are customers we've added tasks, we've added, change um we've added service catalog um which is interesting um what do you see people add the most mute button um okay i see the service catalog was one of the first things that they wanted to add um because you know opening catalog items for people or even being able to work your catalog tasks and that kind of stuff that wasn't out of the box. So that was kind of a, a first custom that they wanted us to do that kind of stuff. Um, projects was a, 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 a one that they really asked for. And I was wondering how our, how those PMs were going to be running projects from their mobile, but I could see updating that kind of stuff. Um, one customer asked uh, to do timesheets and still hadn't gotten that working. So still working on that one. But um, yeah, there were quite a few little things. It's not like you're going to do everything you do in service now and there. It was just, Hey, you know, I need to grab my incident that was just assigned to me or I need to update it or whatever. So um, there was that kind of stuff that was requested. Um, but I know in New York, they have a lot more out of the box functions. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was today deciding whether to go to Madrid or skip Madrid and go to New York again, I don't ever think it's best practice to skip anything. Um, I would want to get to New York as fast as possible, uh, for the mobile, as far as the mobile app is. Concerned. Yep. For the mobile side. Yes. Um, uh, one of the, uh, 
instances that I'm in charge of, they are upgrading to New York, right? Or we're upgrading to New York. I, I guess I can be part of that um, because we want to get to the customer side of the portal or mobile app because they want to replace a home build application that um, the end users use to log tickets. Uh, so it's a third party that gets logged and then ported into ServiceNow. So they want to get rid of that and use the native functionality. So this is going to be a good one for us for that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and the, fun, the, the other thing that I really like about it is the unlimited flexibility. So the structure is very, very interesting to me. You, it's, it starts with apps. And so you have a mobile app that you will then build an application in the mobile app. Okay. I mean, it, it, you're not building... Um, you're not building a mobile app separate from ServiceNow. You're building an app in ServiceNow. Um, so you'll use to still use the ServiceNow app. But right. you have the application. And then you have, which is, if you think about it in this case, it's the, the bottom bar on the mobile app is incidents and approvals and tasks and change. It's those things, right? They're, those are the apps. Mm-hmm. And then you break that down to the applets and the applets are the things like my, you know, incidents, active incidents, um, my resolved incidents, my un, my group incidents. I mean, those kind of things, your applets, which is pretty cool because then you can get specific and, you know, allow for that really easy clickability to find what you need. Yep. And then from that, you have your, your, your functions, um, it, which is really important. And of course you have your, your data items. Now your data items are like the, what you're grabbing. And then the, the, the function is what you're doing with it. I mean, it's, it's really neat structure that allows you to kind of build it out quickly. I mean, I've never fairly quickly. Anything, yeah, fairly quickly. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is, um, it isn't pushing a button. No, it, there's a slight learning curve because you are still in studio, right. but the language is a little bit different than normal. But also, I I was going to point out that the there are two apps. There's the mobile, uh, now mobile and now agent, but they both are done through studio and use the same terminology, same language, all that kind of stuff. You just, they're separate. So you can deploy one thing to one and, you know, go to the other. But the thing that kind of threw me off at first time I started doing this is when you use data items and action items and all the actions and everything, but it really quickly, I caught on to how they were doing it and going from there. So. It's, it is, it is. And it, and you know, I find that as far as the development, it goes back to the service now stuff, right? They give it, they make it where you can develop stuff and learn how and learn have that learning curve be pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you're up to speed, I think it can, you know, from, you know, initial conversations through development into production is, you know, half the time is trying to do it a different way. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. I would agree. So I, I think that's that's where the benefit to this is, you know, and and um, if you have data in service now, you need to get out to people. That's this is just a great way to do it. Um, I haven't seen um, going, you know, crazy. I haven't seen people going crazy with it yet, building really really crazy stuff. I haven't seen people doing um, things that are 
taking it way outside with the normal out of the box or the intended functionality, I think is where I'm going with that. Is. Well, until you start doing dime sheets. Um, <laughs> sure. sure. I do like that in, in New York. Okay. So in Madrid, like we said, you had the ITSM mobile. That was the only out of the box that I know of that you could install plug-in wise. And you had your incidents and stuff in New York though. They have, um, I don't know, a handful. What's this list show? I don't know, about 10 or 15, maybe even more. But things like um, uh, Project was one of them. Um, asset receiving uh, through your mobile. Uh, what was some of the other? Field services mobile. So field services can use it a little bit better. They can use the location, that kind of stuff. GRC was even one of them that was really cool. Um, Human resources has their own stuff. Legal services, I mean, it just goes on and on. So they have a, well, a lot more now. Their own app, right? Their own. They, yeah, they do, don't they? Yes, yeah. they do. Yep. So, and, and, that's, and that's the other thing. You know, right now, if you go to Studio, you're going to have two apps, which is the, you know, but then you download HR, that's going to be a separate app. And, and I think that they're going to be consistently bringing out apps for each one of their products as we go. Right. So, so uh, Project is its own app. Um, um, I just lost it. The uh, GRC is its own app. So all the mobile apps do come into Studio separately. Um, so whenever you make your, if you need to make modifications to those, it is a, a scoped app. So you either have to make a view that's in the global or you go and do an update set in that app and do that kind of stuff or however you want to mess with those apps. But um, they are in Studio to do that. Awesome. You know, it's, it is it is truly amazing, though, the, the thought that they've come into this. Now, um, I think that people don't really understand why they brought one mobile app in Madrid and one mobile app in um, in New York. And, and the best thing I can say is, and, and I don't know, I haven't talked to anybody about ServiceNow about this, but uh, my understanding is they bought a, a mobile company about that time, right? Uh, that's my understanding is that they had bought um, a company that was doing mobile apps and that was porting into ServiceNow or something like that, something close to that. And they brought them in and redesigned their app before because their their classic app pretty much mirrored whatever your portal was right. for your, your uh, content portal and so it kind of mirrored that so if you had favorites they would show up that kind of stuff that is one thing out of the box that my customers don't like is that they don't see their their favorites anymore on the mobile agent so you kind of have to work around that but it's getting there it's much easier to support and all that so but yes my understanding was that they had either bought the code from the company or bought a company to do that like you said I haven't talked to anybody about it from ServiceNow, so this is just what we've heard. This is rumor and innuendo. Yeah, but I think, but I think it's valid because the purchase and all that happened around similar timeframes, and so I think that it's it's kind of one of those things that, but that they brought in another company to accelerate their development 
leaps and bounds forward. And I think they did from one mobile app to the next mobile app. It's a significant change in, in the, in, not necessarily the structure of how you do it, but there's a significant push forward in that. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so mobile app, great. Try it. Make sure you get it right. Um, don't overdo it. Try and like everything else, try and stay out of the box. They will continuously bring more and more and more out each time. So don't be, you know, shocked when they come and they create the, you know, the same thing that you've just spent <laughs> dev time doing. Yeah, uh, I will have to say the agent. Uh, we've had I've had to build more in the agent for our for the um, IT side um, of the house, but on the mobile app for our customers out of the box, it was pretty close to what the customers would want to see. You know, my tickets, I want to open tickets, uh, my approvals, that kind of stuff. It was simple for them to modify or to, to use and all that. So there wasn't a whole lot I had to do with the mobile apps, but on the agent side is usually because, you know, the people using service now day to day as technicians usually want to do a lot of that stuff in their agent. And so that's why you have to modify it a little bit more. So they, they also know what they want more because they, they're, they, they work in it day in and day out users that they use it fairly infrequently, but just like service now listens to their customers, you've got to listen to yours. So, you know, um, keep things as close out of the box as possible. But if you have a customer that has a reasonable request, um, you know, at least you need to be actively engaged with your end users to find out what you can do and how you can refine things to be better. Um, and the mobile app gives you the ability to do that and to refine those things. Um, so moving forward, just say, Hey, how do you like the mobile app? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, you'll be surprised on what they tell you. Um, I've had a lot of people super excited about it. Um, about the mobile app and like every time we've done an implementation of mobile app, it's been amazingly exciting for, uh, for the organization that's getting it done. So I agree with that. And a lot of that can be said for the whole, the whole platform, um, try to stay out of the box, but if there's needs, you can always modify a little bit and go from there kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Reasonable, reasonable stuff. So, all right. So, um, is there anything else that you think that you'd like to cover on mobile or anything like that? I, I know that the, you know, I don't necessarily want to go deep into the functions, but believe it or not, it's been surprisingly easy to build the functions that I want um, and reasonably easy to create the entire app, app and applet system. Yep. Um but I think, I think that's about all. Uh, but if you have any questions, any of you guys have any questions about it further, um, we can always do a follow-up, uh, you know, like we're, what we're doing today uh, for any questions you might have. So don't hesitate to reach out to us and, um, and, and let us know what, what, what kind of questions you're having on it. Yep. And I would definitely uh, recommend if you're, if you're not comfortable turning it on in your, in your, uh, development uh, instances or anything like that, at least get a personal dev system, uh, turn it on, load the app on your mobile device, play with it in your personal dev. It, it 
you learn a lot from that and it's pretty cool and you probably want to get a uh, deploy it in your production eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's a good function for your your customers and users. So we're going to take just a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some questions um, that we previously had from from a, uh, a listener. Uh, so I'm looking really forward to that. I think this is going to be great. I think this is information that everybody wants to ask for um, or that everybody wants. Um, so uh, stay tuned and we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right, welcome back. This is Jason Gibson uh, with ServerSharp. Um, joining me as, as always is, is Randy and Brent. I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we're going to be covering a mobile app today, and we're going to be going over um, the kind of the differences between the old mobile app and the new one, and uh, maybe some specifics about the new one as well. Um, also, uh, after that, we're going to be covering uh, a little bit. Uh, we received uh, some questions from uh, somebody who listens, and we're going to be covering uh, their their questions and seeing if we can't help other people that are having some of the same issues. Um, but uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good, good. Having fun with the snow days. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of snow here in Oklahoma, so I, I know we have a lot of people from all over the world, and I just, uh, but here in Oklahoma, we have uh, some very strange weather, so we had, uh, um, you know, 70 degrees one day, and it was snowing like crazy the next, so uh, welcome to Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a decent snowfall this time. Yeah. It was. It was, yeah. Enough to shut down the city. Uh, well, that... That only takes like a millimeter of snow. Yeah, like, like like a coating of uh, of snow on something, and they're shutting it down. You know. Yeah, as soon as there's like a one percent chance that there's going to be ice or snow, the bread and the milk disappears from the store. <laughs> true, very Just true. Like tornado season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The thing well, is that most people don't take tornado season seriously, but no, right? Yeah. But yeah. the the one day we get ice is a is a disaster. So. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, well, let's let's get started. I'm gonna we'll get started with the mobile app. Uh, so there was there was an old mobile app that was um, you know I used it. Uh, a lot of people I know used it, and this is you know, um, prior to even Madrid, this is something that came out, uh, you know, pretty early on. So we used it a lot. Uh, which is now called service now classic. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't the mobile classic. That's it. Um, it, it had, it, it definitely had its flaws and, um, it didn't have any flexibility. It was pretty rigid. You could don't do really a set, set a few things. And then they came out with this new Madrid mobile app. Um, and everybody was super excited about it. Uh, everybody was super pumped. Uh, we got it implemented uh, and it was, it was good. It was um, applet based or app based, uh, which it was a step forward. And then lo and behold, the next version New York comes out and we've got a redo. Um, and now we have multiple apps. So to kind of catch people up on what that is, is they have decided to switch it out. So you have the mobile agent, which is one app, 
and the mobile app, which is kind of like your end user or consumer driven application. Uh, would you kind of agree that that's, that's kind of what we, what they've done? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now mobile is for the customers and now agent seems to be for your technicians and licensed people and so on. And the uh, now agent came with Madrid and now mobile is with New York, correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. So, so I've, I've had lots, uh, you know, we, we've set it up on several customers for both the Madrid and the New York. Um, I've got quite a bit of more experience with the New York one now um, since we've been, we've been doing some implementations of it. Um, the one with Madrid was pretty limited in what came out of the box. Um, I think it was um, just, honestly, I don't think it was, it was very much. I think there was approvals in it. Um, can you remember off the top of your head what was in the, the Madrid one? Um, approvals, and then uh, they had an ITSM plugin that you could do, and it is a um, studio app that had incident management in it. And so you could, you know, look at your tickets that were assigned to you, assigned to your group. You could reassign. You can actually update and resolve a ticket from your mobile app. That was a real winner in, in the last implementation for that cust- for that team. Um, so that, I mean, before that took a lot of custom work. So that's kind of where it was for that is out of the box. They gave you a snippet and then expected you to do all the other studio work for other applications you needed. Right. And and so when they came out with the one for New York, it also, it came out of the box with, um, with incident, uh, my incidents, group incidents, my approvals. Um, And it came Still, I think somewhat incomplete. But the nice thing about the new, the the new both Madrid and, and New York, you can build stuff in there pretty well. So um, there's customers we've added tasks, we've added change, um, we've added service catalog, um, which is interesting. Um, what do you see people add the most? mute button um okay i see the service catalog was one of the first things that they wanted to add um because you know opening catalog items for people or even being able to work your catalog tasks and that kind of stuff that wasn't out of the box so that was kind of a, a first custom that they wanted us to do that kind of stuff um projects was a a, a one that they really asked for and i was wondering how our, how those PMs were going to be running projects from their mobile, but I could see updating that kind of stuff. Um, one customer asked uh, to do timesheets and still hadn't gotten that working, so still working on that one. But, um, yeah, there were quite a few little things. It's not like you're going to do everything you do in ServiceNow in there. It was just, hey, you know, I need to grab my incident that was just assigned to me, or I need to update it, or whatever. So. Um, there was that kind of stuff that was requested. Um, but I know in New York, they have a lot more out of the box functions. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was today 
deciding whether to go to Madrid or skip Madrid and go to New York. Again, I don't ever think it's best practice to skip anything. Um, I would want to get to New York as fast as possible uh, for the mobile, as far as the mobile app is concerned. Yep, for the mobile side, yes. Um, uh, one of the uh, instances that I'm in charge of, they are upgrading to New York right or we're upgrading to new york i I guess i can be part of that um because we want to get to the customer side of the portal or mobile app because they want to replace a home build application that um the end users use to log tickets uh so it's a third party that gets logged and then ported into ServiceNow. so they want to get rid of that and use the native functionality so this is going to be a good one for us for that yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and the, fun, the, the other thing that I really like about it is the unlimited flexibility. So the structure is very, very interesting to me. You, it's, it starts with apps. And so you have a mobile app that you will then build an application in the mobile app. Okay. I mean, it, it, you're not building, um, you're not building a mobile app separate from ServiceNow. You're building an app in ServiceNow. Um, so you'll use to still use the ServiceNow app. But right. you have the application, and then you have, which is, if you think about it in this case, it's the, the bottom bar on the mobile app is incidents and approvals and tasks and change. It's those things, right? They're, those are the apps. Mm-hmm. And then you break that down to the applets, and the applets are the things like my, you know, incidents, active incidents, um, my resolved incidents, my un- my group incidents. I mean, those kind of things are your applets, which is pretty cool because then you can get specific and you know allow for that really easy clickability to find what you need. Yep. And then from that, you have your 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 functions, um, it, which is really important. And of course, you have your your data items. Now, your data items are like the what you're grabbing, and then the 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 function is what you're doing with it. I mean, it's it's really neat structure that allows you to kind of build it out quickly. I mean, I've never fairly quickly. Anything, yeah, fairly quickly. I mean, it's it's it, it is. Um, it isn't pushing a button. No, it, there's a slight learning curve because you are still in studio, right. but the language is a little bit different than normal. But also, I I was going to point out that the there are two apps. There's the mobile, uh, now mobile and now agent, but they both are done through studio and use the same terminology, same language, all that kind of stuff. You just they're separate, so you can deploy one thing to one and you know go to the other but the thing that kind of threw me off at first time i started doing this is when do you use data items and action items and all the actions and everything but it really quickly i caught on to how they were doing it and going from there so it's it is it is and it, and you know i find that as far as the development, it goes back to the ServiceNow stuff, right? They give it, they make it where you can develop stuff and learn how and learn have that learning curve be pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you're up to speed, I think it can, you know, from you know initial conversations through development into production is you know half the time is trying to do it a different way. You know yep. what I mean? Yep, I would agree. So I, I think that's that's where the benefit to this is, you know, and and um, 
if you have data in service now, you need to get out to people. That's this is just a great way to do it. Um, I haven't seen um, going, you know, crazy. I haven't seen people going crazy with it yet, building really, really crazy stuff. I haven't seen people doing um, things that are taking it way outside with the normal out of the box or the intended functionality, I think, is where I'm going with that. Well, until you start doing dime sheets. Um, (laughs) Sure. I do like that in in New York. Okay, so in Madrid, like we said, you had the ITSM mobile. That was the only out of the box that I know of that you could install plug-in wise. And you had your incidents and stuff. In New York, though, they have, um, I don't know, a handful. What's this list show? I don't know, about 10 or 15, maybe even more. But things like um, uh, Project was one of them. Um, asset receiving uh, through your mobile. Uh, what was some of the other field services mobile? So field services can use it a little bit better. They can use the location, that kind of stuff. GRC was even one of them that was really cool. Um, human resources has their own stuff. Legal services, I mean, it just goes on and on. So they have a, well, a lot more now. Their own app, right? Their own. They yeah, they do, don't they? Yes, yeah. they do. Yep. So, and, and that's, and that's the other thing, you know, right now, if you go to studio, you're going to have two apps, which is the, you know, but then you download HR, that's going to be a separate app. And then I think that they're going to be consistently bringing out apps for each one of their products as we go. Right. So, so uh, project is its own app. Um, um, I just lost it. The uh, GRC is its own app. So all the mobile apps do come into studios separately. Um, so whenever you make your, if you need to make modifications to those, it is a, a scoped app. So you either have to make a view that's in the global or you go and do an update set in that app and do that kind of stuff or however you want to mess with those apps. But um, they are in studio to do that. Awesome. You know, it's, it is it is truly amazing, though, the the thought that they've come into this. Now, um, I think that people don't really understand why they brought one mobile app in Madrid and one mobile app in um, in New York. And, and the best thing I can say is, and, and I don't know, I haven't talked to anybody about ServiceNow about this, but uh, my understanding is they bought a, a mobile company about that time, right? Uh, that's my understanding is that they had bought um, a company that was doing mobile apps and that was porting into ServiceNow or something like that, something close to that. And they brought them in and redesigned their app before because their their classic app pretty much mirrored whatever your portal was, right. your, your uh, content portal and so it kind of mirrored that so if you had favorites they would show up that kind of stuff that is one thing out of the box that my customers don't like is that they don't see their their favorites anymore on the mobile agent so you kind of have to work around that but it's getting there it's much easier to support and all that so but yes my understanding was that they had either bought the code from the company or bought a company to do that like you said I haven't talked to anybody about it from ServiceNow, so this is just what we've heard. This is rumor and innuendo. Yeah. 
but I think, but I think it's valid because the purchase and all that happened around similar time frames, and so I think that it's it's kind of one of those things that, but that they brought in another company to accelerate their development leaps and bounds forward, and I think they did from one mobile app to the next mobile app. It's a significant change in in the in. in not necessarily the structure of how you do it, but there's a significant push forward in that. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so mobile app, great. Try it. Make sure you get it right. Um, don't overdo it. Try and like everything else, try and stay out of the box. They will continuously bring more and more and more out each time. So don't be, you know, shocked when they come and they create the, you know, the same thing that you've just spent <laughs> that time doing. Yeah, uh, I will have to say the agent. Uh, we've had I've had to build more in the agent for our for the uh, IT side um, of the house, but on the mobile app for our customers out of the box, it was pretty close to what the customers would want to see. You know, my tickets, I want to open tickets, uh, my approvals, that kind of stuff. It was simple for them to modify or to, to use and all that. So there wasn't a whole lot I had to do with the mobile apps, but on the agent side is usually because, you know, the people using service now day to day as technicians usually want to do a lot of that stuff in their agent. And so that's why you have to modify it a little bit more. So yeah. they, they also know what they want more because they, they're, they, they work in it day in and day out. Yep. Users they they use it fairly infrequently, but just like service now listens to their customers, you've got to listen to yours. So, you know, um, keep things as close out of the box as possible. But if you have a customer that has a reasonable request, um, you know, at least you need to be actively engaged with your end users to find out what you can do and how you can refine things to be better. Um, and the mobile app gives you the ability to do that and to refine those things. Um, so moving forward, just say, hey, how do you like the mobile app? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, you'll be surprised on what they tell you. Um, I've had a lot of people super excited about it. Um, about the mobile app and like every time we've done an implementation of mobile app, it's been amazingly exciting for, uh, for the organization that's getting it done. So I agree with that. And a lot of that can be said for the whole, the whole platform, um, try to stay out of the box, but if there's needs, you can always modify a little bit and go from there kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Reasonable, reasonable stuff. So, all right. So, um, is there anything else that you think that you'd like to cover on mobile or anything like that? I, I know that the, you know, I don't necessarily want to go deep into the functions, but believe it or not, it's been surprisingly easy to build the functions that I want um, and reasonably easy to create the entire app, app and applet system. Um yep. But I think I think that's about all. Uh, but if you have any questions, any of you guys have any questions about it further, um, we can always do a follow up. Uh, you know, like we're like we're doing today uh, for any questions you might have. So don't hesitate to reach out to us and um, and, and let us know what, what what kind of questions you're having on it. 
Yep, and I would definitely uh, recommend if you're if you're not comfortable turning it on in your in your uh, development pro, uh, instances or anything like that, at least get a personal dev system. Uh, turn it on, load the app on your mobile device, play with it in your personal dev. It it you learn a lot from that, and it's pretty cool. And you probably want to get a uh, deploy it in your production eventually. Mm-hmm. So it's a good function for your your customers and users. So we're going to take just a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some questions um, that we previously had from from a, uh, a listener. Uh, so I'm looking really forward to that. I think this is going to be great. I think this is information that everybody wants to ask for um, or that everybody wants. Um, so uh, stay tuned and we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right. Welcome back. This is Jason Gibson, of course, joined uh, by Brent and Randy. And we have received some questions. um, And uh, so I thought we would cover some of these things with you. Uh, Randy, um, you've got the questions. So let's get started. What what was it that, uh, that they wanted to know? Okay. Yeah. So we got a few questions and um, we'll pick some of these out to go ahead and go over. And I think that, um, like you said, before we took the break, I think that they'll apply to uh, a lot of people that, uh, you know, we've talked to, uh, you know, there's some common threads in the emails that we got about, um, you know, service now being a really great solution or a game changer for the organization, but not implemented very well um, or, or having trouble with implementation. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of echoing some of the things that I said when I first take over service. Now I know if we talked about it in a couple of the different podcasts about uh, when I first took over management of the service now group, um, my aim was to get it out of the organization. <laughs> you know? um, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, because of how cumbersome uh, it was seen as at the time. And then I was really, you know, I, I talked about going to knowledge and it was really basically converted into the fanboy I am now um, with it. So I think it's really powerful. But I also, uh, and I don't know how often you guys run up against this, but I still hear kind of that same, you know, the same thing. And I think that, um, you know, there's still uh, there's still some places out there where, there's a lot that can be changed. And of course we went to that uh, deal in, in Dallas and saw the, um, the now at work demo where they were running the entire train system off of service now. And it's just, you know, there's amazing power behind it, but mm. sometimes it just comes out clunky and, and doesn't, um, doesn't get well, the traction that it should get in a company. So well, I think, I think a lot of that, there's a couple of things. Um, we ended up getting a lot of traction because we showed the power of the platform. The The problem is if they only have a certain experience of the UI, they don't really understand the power of the platform. It's hard for them to grasp, but I think ServiceNow is making huge improvements at this point. If you look at agent workspace, that's where they're headed. And, and you know, we, we implemented agent workspace to an organization who is now talking about how it's significantly, significantly cut down on the number of um, minutes it takes to, to take and resolve a phone call and everything's at their fingertips. And there's so much of a better UI with it. Um, so I think ServiceNow has identified that and is working to resolving those issues pretty quickly. Um, Sorry. 
No, um, I, I think the the idea though is, um, you know, one. A lot of people aren't using the new UI stuff. A lot of people haven't Im- implemented things like uh, agent workspace, right? And so they're not utilizing some of the newer stuff and they're still in the clunkier UI, which is only really made for, for guys like us who are admins and developers. They're, they're not really made for the, the tech or the, the vice president or, you know, those guys. Those guys, it's, this is a different duty um, yeah. that, you know, has to be separated out. And, and so I think that they're headed in that direction. They're just not all the way there yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see that the movements are making in the UI space as far as that goes. I think that there's another issue as well, though, that we see where, uh, like I said, they're not using the new, UI, the new UI features. But I think also you bring in um, it's something I wish Justin was on the uh, podcast because um, it's something he's talked about several times. You bring in a, a full stack developer or front end developer or something like that from somewhere else and turn them loose on service. Now, um, well, you can't just write JavaScript to do what you want to do. You have to interact with the system. You have to figure out how to interact with service now because it takes care of a lot of things that you would normally take care of yourself. And so if you're not aware of that, you don't take the time to figure that out. You don't take the time to learn those differences. You end up writing a box around something that's already there. Right. Um, and that yep. causes it to be um, clunky and not usable and and hard to upgrade. Absolutely. I, I think keeping it out of the box is one of the most important things and doing trying to, when you do do customizations and configurations, you do it the right way in the right place and the right style. I, I, I can't tell you how many policies I've written in order to control how things are done. You know, we have a very strict catalog policy on how to design and implement catalog items, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many ways to mess it up. And if you're, and if you're worried about um, your developers not doing uh, it the right way, you have to tell them what the right way is. And if you've got a bunch of new people or a bunch of that don't understand service now, you have to build a framework around it. You know, and that helps. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I like to think of ServiceNow like a set of Legos. You know, you can get a set of Legos and there's enough parts to really make anything you want. But usually there's a purpose to that Lego set. And so if you buy a car Lego set, build a car. Don't don't try to build a, you know, a spaceship with it or something like that. Right. Um, and I see a lot of people that, you know, kind of just do what I do, which anytime I've done with Legos, it looks like a three-year-old's been playing with them and it's just random. <laughs> it's abstract art. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I see people kind of make a mess of that. So <clears throat> one of the, one of the interesting questions, and I think it's because we've got the perspective, uh, I'm primarily interacted with ServiceNow as a manager or project manager. Um, and you are both developers and admins and architects on the platform. Uh, one of the questions was about, whenever you're working on a project and you make a request of, of a developer, Hey, can you do this? And they say, no, it's too complex. Um, and it seems like it should be a pretty easy task. Um, you know, how do you kind of navigate that conversation or how do you navigate, um, and know as a manager, how do you, or a pro- or a project manager, how do you know 
when to say, well, that's bull, A, because sometimes you have to call bull, and B, to really have a productive conversation about why they're saying no or why they're saying it's too complex. So anybody <laughs> want to take a stab at that? <laughs> yeah. um, that one's a hard one, but just because I've, I've been on both sides of that kind of stuff. Usually I can turn around and say, Oh yeah, that's BS. Why are we, why did you tell me that? But um, if you're ask a question, Hey, can we do this? And their first was, no, that's too complex. My first thought would be, okay, do you not know what you're doing? Um, second is I'm paying you to do this, but uh, I don't know. I, I would, Turn around and ask, okay, why is it complex? What's it going to do? Why can't we just do this simple thing? Um, I mean, service house. Well, anyways, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I think it boils down to knowledge. Um, the reality is, they you don't have the knowledge you don't know how long those things take and you know i would recommend a couple of things anytime you're asking for something google it okay because you'll find a lot of information on google that will allow you especially for a smaller period of time make sure keep them honest for a while okay and then they will keep you on it now now don't get me wrong there's a lot of misinformation on google Right, but the caveat to that is make sure you're Googling the version you're on, too. Yes. Well, I, I agree with that, but from a, I, I would say from a developer perspective, when you're asked to do something, before you say no, Google it, but I don't oh, think that necessarily from a management perspective, I, Google yeah. the answer. If you want to know how long something's going to take, you know, again, I, I'm big on the managers, leaders, the leaders especially need to have a basic understanding of the platform, whether it's a basic admin class. Good Service now has some, the, is now giving their free basic admin class, and it covers things like filtered lists. So, if, so you're not looking at 30 different columns that 30 different uh, choices when it should be six choices, right? And you're not looking at, you know, the wrong information and they're not saying, well, I can't do it, but yet, you know, it can be done by a simple admin task. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I agree yeah. with that to, to an extent. Right. Um, because, um, uh, you know, I and I took when I, you know you guys know that when I was uh, your manager, I took all the classes that you took with you. Um, but I can tell you that I didn't walk out being able to practice it or actually even understand it at the same level that you guys did because when I left, I went into other meetings. I didn't go and use the information that I learned. Well, okay. So, Along those lines, though, I've had managers that didn't take the training. I've had managers that did take the training. And when I was talking to you and you were requesting, hey, can we do this? And I used the terminology and I told you what we were doing. You understood it. If I tell other managers, my like older managers and stuff, they don't always, uh, they didn't always understand that because they didn't understand the lingo, that kind of stuff. But so that kind of helps, but yeah, also the level setting of the terminology is very important. Yeah. Uh, the, um, but you got to have some kind of confidence in your developers. Mm -hmm. If you don't have confidence in your developers and you're going, Hey, this is, 
that has to be BS. Then you gotta you gotta kind of think, okay, are these really the people that need to be working on this? So, um, yeah. if you're getting, hey, that's too hard as an answer, then maybe you need to rethink those people. I, I can't. I mean, I don't know the situation. I can't say you know, get rid of them, but you, you need to maybe educate yourself just a little bit to make sure that they are going right. But, um, you know, there's different ways as a developer, I would never say, no, that's too complicated. I'd explain it a little bit better go, Hey, you know, yeah, we could do that, but that would take us so far out of the box. It mess up upgrades or no, the functionality that's in there is kind of locked down. Uh, we can't change it that way, but you know, that kind of stuff. And if you, have a, if you have a basic understanding of the platform, if you've taken the ad, and there's a, there's a dozen ways to take the admin classes. It's 13 hours uh, it free online. You can do it's at your own pace, uh, go through it. But as soon as you have the ability to speak to them about it, you just simply ask why this is too complicated. Why? And if they can't explain why, then you've got a problem. If they explain why and it doesn't, and, and, and it doesn't sound like it makes sense, then maybe ask some more questions. I'm not saying that they're lying, but a lot of times when somebody has a lot on their plate, they don't want to look at the easy solution because in service now, often there's an easy solution or an easier solution and somebody who is especially a major, somebody who's done lots of dev work, who doesn't know the platform as well, they, they see things and they do things in a more complicated way that they don't need to do that. And it's not good for the system either, but they do that because they don't know any better. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, to both your points, to Brent's point, the trust, I think that uh, in the de- development world, um, when you're building a development team, having a trust between the manager or the, or the project leader and the team is essential. I think that you really need to spend the time to make the relationship uh, work. And, and that requires, um, you know, sacrifice on both sides. Um, on the manager side, they've got to sacrifice some time and some, um, you know, and, and depending on your management style, you may not be used to slowing down and smelling the roses a little bit, but sometimes that really helps to develop the rapport mm-hmm. and opens up this space. Um, on the other side, yeah. you know, what, what, you know, what you said about ask uh, Jason, what you said about asking the questions, I think that that's, um, I think that's key. And I, I, I think, I, I don't even think you have to, I certainly recommend taking the admin class as you talk about, but as a manager, you shouldn't have to take the class in order to develop that relationship with your team. No. Um, but you should ask. And as a, as, as a developer, I can say that, well, if you're working for me, the number one way to get a lower review was to say no and not offer any explanation to me. And I, I kind of adopted That's that. That's what it was. For, yeah. Yeah. That's what it That's was. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of adopted that from one of our senior leaders. He, he didn't always agree with me, but uh, he would always listen to my objections if I brought him a reason, um, you know, for it. You know, I couldn't just say no uh, without having a, an, either an alternative uh, of how to, how to do it a different mm-hmm. way. Yep. or some supporting reasoning. And I think that that's a reasonable expectation from a manager to anyone is, okay, we have a business objective. We have to, you know, whether you agree with the business objective or not, it's the business objective. Um, and I think that there is, um, 
there's a certain level of, as management, we need to explain how the business objective relates to the customer and relates to what we're doing um, because there may not be an understanding of that from the, um, from the developer side. Um, but I think, you know, um, as a developer, you also have to have a responsibility to say, uh, let me see if I can figure this out. And, it, you know, and I think that right, a lot right. of developers I've worked with have developed this knee jerk kind of reaction of this person doesn't understand a word of what they're saying or anything like that. So I'm just going to say no by default. That way I don't get roped into anything that's going to suck the soul out of me or something like that. Right. I, I can understand and appreciate that. Now, on the flip side, and this will hack off a lot of people, as an employee, I think it's your responsibility to, to go find out what the customer pain points are as well. If you oh, yeah. really want yep. to excel at your area of expertise, find out why the business needs things this way. You know, go, go and learn something about it. I, I really love some of the things that we did where we went to different customer areas and just shadowed them for a little while uh, to kind of figure out, okay, I understand why you complain about this all the time because it sucks, you know? Um, yep. And I had a, I had a great boss that taught me how to do that. And it's been great <laughs> since I've done, started doing that. Um, it, it is, it is, I will say pretty, uh, pretty important to make sure you understand your customers, but it's also, you have to prioritize, you know, you, you end up, you know, urgent versus important, right? Mm -hmm. so you, you end up uh, fixing the urgent. And if you're not listening to your customers and sitting down with them and seeing what their pain points are and seeing how you can help, those are the important things. Those are the things that are going to drive you forward and get people to use it. Um, and I can't say enough how important it is to find a good partner in this. If you don't, if you're outsourcing this and they're telling you no like that, then they're not a good partner. Yeah. You need to find somebody who it will listen to you and come up with a solution that is that and, and give you the option. I can do this solution. It's not out of the box, but here it is. I can do this, this, and this, or I can do this. It's within the box. Right. Um, and I, here's your options. I think and if you, let you, as the leader of your organization, make the choice um, based on your business need. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that if you find a partner that's willing to say that may be not the best thing for us to do, we, you may need somebody else um, to handle this particular aspect of it. They may be better at, say, there's a, a niche, um, mm -hmm. you know, part of ServiceNow, um, you know, if you find someone that's willing to say something like that, then that's a good sign you can trust them on other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you also, though, I've also dealt with uh, both external vendors, um, implementers. I've worked with, you know, those people that just simply didn't have the capability and the skill to do the job. And if, it, if that's your position, if you think that might be the case, then you have a long road to hoe because you're going to have to identify that. And it goes, in my opinion, it's trust, but verify at that point, you know, I trust that you said that now I'm going to go verify that's the case. And, you know, ask somebody like, you know, us, like you're doing, doing here. If you, you know, ask the question, um, and sometimes you're going to get the answer you want. Sometimes you're going to get the answer you don't. But um, I'm going to I'm going to tell you that if you're doing some of the minor things 
and they're telling you their major, you'll find out by, you know, by letting us help you. Yeah. Now, one thing that while you were talking about that, it also made me think, you know, I've worked with all kinds of different people. I've worked in healthcare industry for 23, 24 years now, and there's a lot of different personalities, all that kind of stuff. Um, True developers have a different type of personality than most people. So if you start questioning them on why they said no, a lot of times they get defensive. So, you know, going, well, why can't you do it kind of thing kind of puts them on a defensive because that's the kind of mindset that some of those people are. So I would suggest when you're asking questions, don't try to put them on the defensive, try to, okay, I'm kind of new to this or whatever. So can you explain why this is going to take too long or why this wouldn't work? That kind of stuff. Um, You're a much nicer person than I am. I know, but you get, (laughs) what's this? You get more flies with sugar or yeah, honey or whatever, but yeah. So it's always good to be, um, kind of like that. I mean, because in essence, you really are trying to learn why would this be too complex? I mean, I don't know the system you do. Um, you know, I'm just trying to learn. Okay. So I don't ask you the same question again later. Well, the, you know, so. the bedrock of a stellar team is trust yeah. and, and the bedrock of trust is communication and integrity. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's really well worth spending time, even if you're a technical group, on communication skills, um, in in order to uh, in order to really build that team up. If you want to have right. a world class team, then work on the communication skills and be open about, be vulnerable as a manager. Um, I think that be authentic, um, and I think that it's the manager's job, you know be willing to you've got to in order to really establish trust with the developer you've got to show them that um you're willing to let them run a little bit and that you'll back them up uh and then in return the developer has to be you know not sink you um and so you know there's kind of there's 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 a little bit of vulnerability that goes both ways there now when you come to contractors, that's a little bit it harder is. to do, but uh, you can do it. I mean, I've worked with several vendors, contractors over the years, and uh, some of them I still keep in touch with, even though they're not our vendors anymore, because we we got to talking, we got that trust in there, and we mm-hmm. just keep up with that stuff. So. Let's talk about something nobody wants to face, though. The reality is sometimes people just can't cut it, <laughs> and it's and it's not there. And it, and and it may not be, and it may be they need more training. Uh, it may be we know. a lot of different things. But there are times where people just can't cut it, and and if you have that situation, identify it quickly and resolve the situation. Well, and, along that time, you know, we don't really want to talk about sometimes the people you're dealing with are just to put it nicely jerks and you just kind of have to deal with that. But yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I think, are you talking about me? I just, just make it sure there. Oh no, no, no. I was thinking of someone totally different than you. Oh. Honestly, I was <laughs> same floor, had an office, 
Okay. Ah, yes. Yes. Got it. <laughs> One thing that that I have, you know, personally, I I tried too long with people sometimes to bring them up to speed and giving them too many chances and it, it's damaged the morale of the team. And so I think that, you know, when you've got someone that's an underperformer that chronically underperforms and is not getting the hint, either they need to be working for a different manager that can motivate them a different way, or they're just not going to cut it in the, in the environment that, that you're in. And, and it's better for the team and for that person to go ahead and part ways um, and do it before you have to do it and hate each other for it. Right, right. Yep. And on the contractor side of it, don't ever sign a contract that doesn't let you get out of it for cause. And if you start to suspect that a contractor's bilking you or lying to you or not trustworthy, dump them. Yeah. Don't hold on to them. Yeah, don't don't work with somebody that's just going to come in and put their template in, say, okay, everything's good, and not want to do a job. It will say that not just in the service now world, but in a lot of projects, I've managed a lot of projects, a lot of projects that you go in and, and find the, the struggle with is, you know, people hire big name companies that kind of come in and coast on their name. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like I, I'm going to spend, you know, a, a $600 on a pair of Nike shoes that cost $35 in another brand. It's the exact same, you know, exact same quality almost um and so don't don't go with a big name go with quality you know what i mean i'd say right and there are some big there are some big names that have quality and everything but you know do your research don't fall into the trap of this whole um thing that irritates me so much and this this is a soapbox i'm about to jump on um but Companies that come in and they go, well, we've got this tool for the cloud that blah, 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 bullcrap. There's no tools for the cloud. It's all configuration based on your company's need. If anybody comes in and they want to deploy something that flips every switch known to man just because they like doing it and that's worked at another company, don't take that contract. Yeah. It needs to be whatever contract is coming in needs to be what your company needs, not what they've done somewhere else. Yeah. Now, if well, it's a lesson learned there. somewhere else, fine, listen to that. But don't take these pre- prepackaged yeah. crap that people are shoveling out there. Sorry. Yeah. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Well, and and I'm not, oh. you're, you're right. And and there's been managed service stuff where they're like, oh, well, you're just going to come in and you're going to be in with the rest of the 4,000 customers that we have and we're going to handle your stuff. Listen, that never works out well. Go to ServiceNow, get a contract. Um, then go to somebody for staff augmentation. Um, I just don't see, I haven't seen a lot of companies do um, that managed service very well. Um, and I've seen it go wrong more times than not. Uh, customers literally waiting to get out of their contract so they yeah. can dump them and then they can turn around and move into something else. Um, so, and not doing important projects to move their organization forward because of it. And I've seen it. It's quite sad. It always boggles my mind how much money companies can afford to waste on people that aren't listening to them. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's one thing if a company has a valid reason, just like when you're talking to your developer, if a company can come in and say, we tried that here, 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 here's the results of that. It's a disaster. Don't do it. That's one thing. But if they're just coming in and they're saying, you don't have to think about anything. Um, it, it, here's the easy button. Hit the easy button and, and and give us six figures and it's done. Well, they're lying to you. There's yeah, no easy button. 
<laughs> no easy button. And and I, and you know, I gotta I gotta tell you, I think the 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 one thing about external vendors, uh, when you do it, structure it right. When you do have that uh, the, that person who says, um, with every request you have, that's too hard, or I'm you know I can't I can't do that because it's not out of the box and and it's constant constant pushback and there's no explanation. It makes it easier to get to to, to switch that over. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you got vendors that tell you that stuff's too hard, that they don't want to do it, that just means that they don't know how to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, I'll never, you know, as a consultant, I'll never tell you it's too hard. I'll tell you it's going to cost more money, but right. I'm going to never tell right. you it's too hard. Yep. <laughs> I may recommend you not do it. I may say, well, I definitely may recommend you not do it. I, I, I might also recommend, you know, okay, you want to do this, but it'd be easier if we do it this way and you'll right. still get the same data, right. that kind of stuff. But a, a straight out, no, it's too complicated without you. explanation is just not a valid, I mean, always go back and say, well, can you explain why it's too complicated? I'm just yeah. trying to learn that kind of stuff. And that's a good approach. I'm just trying to learn. I, I just want, you know, help us avoid this misunderstanding in the future kind of thing. Yep. Yep, exactly. And, and you so, know, as an, as an example, it's, it's, there's a couple of ways to do almost anything. For example, if you're doing a filtered list, right, there's a couple of ways to do a filtered list. You can do it with a, a simple filter. You can do it with a script filter. And there's several ways to do the filter. Um, but none of them are really very difficult, the the reality is they should be smart enough to be able to explain to you why it's difficult or what they're doing. And if you have just a little bit of knowledge about ServiceNow, you'll be able to understand what they're saying. And then, we'll, and then you will understand it and you will get it. But if they're not willing to tell you that, then, and especially if they're an external vendor, then you got the wrong vendor. Yeah. Well, and I offer a little bit more grace than that. They should be the experts, but they should, they should be willing to say, I don't know. Can I give you, can can you give me X amount of time and I'll get back to you with an answer? Oh, I don't care how long you've worked with ServiceNow or how much certifications, how much training you've had. There's some part of ServiceNow you're not going to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So you're going to have to do some research and tell them, okay, well, let me get back with you on that. Yeah, there is no end to knowledge. You don't reach the end and become, you know, an expert. Yeah. And Randy, let me ask you a question. When have I ever said no? Uh, (laughs) It's always, it's like, it's not like I say, hey, you're picking up the check, right? (laughs) Well, okay. So sometimes. I can't say that. I usually say no first. When you're sitting there, I never tell them no especially initially. I go back and I do my research and I make sure that the, I, my eyes are dotted, T's are crossed, and I say, here's my recommendation. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's always, here's what it's going to cost. Here's the number of hours it's going to be. This is going to yeah. cost you this much, even internally. It's going to li- take this amount of time to get this. Yeah. yeah. I'd be yeah. lying if I said yeah. I never just say no flat out. Not saying it's too. There's I, times when I get frustrated with people and I just – don't want to talk to them anymore. I'll just say no flat out. I, and I shouldn't do that, but I'd be lying and disingenuous if I tried to say that that wasn't the case. I will have to say the people I work with closely, if they ask me something, just my knee jerk reaction is no. And it's usually just joking with them. And then I'll go, okay, no, we can do that or yeah. whatever. But when it's a paying customer or something like that, I, or 
you know, a, a, we're talking about something in a, like a project meeting and they are asking, can this be done? I'll answer them. But, you know, I actually started a bad habit with my kids of just saying no by default to everything. And I uh, think that's where mine started off. Of. Yeah. It hurt the dialogue with the kids, honestly. And I had to kind of try to unlearn that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, we may have beaten this point to death. <laughs> you so, think? Um, yeah. We have more questions too, I, don't we? I jumped on a soapbox there and I apologize for that. Hopefully <laughs> oh, some wow. of that answered the questions that was asked. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. One of the questions that was asked uh, also was a technical question and it was, it was about, you know, having to, how do you filter? Um, uh, and I think you guys said the answer earlier, one of the answers earlier is it was about, you know, how can you take a list and only have it display, uh, a limited amount of information, and is that a functional possibility in service now? <laughs> it's pretty simple. There's yes. a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a simple list filter, and you can do that basically based on conditions, which is actually very simple. You can say active is true, so you only show active in the in the list view. Um, you can you can say that you. Uh, you can do a script that then returns from a separate table. There's lots of ways to do it. Now, Brent, I, I don't know. What do you consider the best way to say if it's, um, let's just say, a custom table and you've got too many variables showing oh. versus another field? Well, it's all conditional. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always that, okay, Active true. So we only want active is true. Um, so we're talking about reference fields right now. So if you do active is true, that kind of stuff, uh, you can also do, uh, like you said, you could do a, um, a, a override on the field and say, run, go to the script include and run this query. Um, but the query could also say, go find these two fields on the current on this current ticket, use them in the query and come back with just what is there. So let's say I'm looking at a, a form like a user form and I put in their location is uh, location A and then I click on the floor reference. I click on that and in the background what it does is goes and says, okay, location A has how many floors? Three floors. Okay, it'll come back with three floors. So you could do that through a query like a script include or something. Um, hard. This is not No, it's not that hard. Difficult. It's um, the, uh, now if you're talking about like drop downs and you want to modify the drop down list, let's say there's um, We'll go back to what I just, my example. So you have a location. So you have a drop down with your 16,000 locations. So you pick building A or whatever you want to call it. And then you go to location, uh, you drop that down and show the three floors. Well, in the background, what it does is you have your choice lists. Uh, so in uh, location, you have your, tw- your 16,000, whatever list locations you have good luck with that on a drop down but anyways you have your drop down then on your um floor locations you would say okay here's all the locations or all the floors that we have in our whole organization but they have a parent category over on this side so you put in building a and that's your parent on those and so whenever you pick your lo- your location it filters that drop down list for you so you always have that filter so there's a couple ways to do that 
And, and they're also one anybody of the that's ever done UI development in their life or front end web development in their life. If they tell you there's not a way to filter a list, then they're insane because right. you know not. I was just thinking when you were saying sixteen thousand locations, <laughs> there's a good way to crash a browser right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say. I mean, best practice I would think is if you have more than what fifteen choices or so. I mean, if you have too many, don't do them in a select box. Do them in a reference. Go yeah. create you a custom table. Right. Put those there and reference it. I mean, yeah. you don't, like, you most of the time you're going to be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Most of the time, I, you're dealing with those big lists, though, right? You're you're going to be dealing with calling a table. You're, yes. You're, it's always it's most often going to be a reference field because you're calling a table. You it, can also do a, a, a choice list off a table too, but, but right. Uh, sometimes people pick the choice lists because they don't know how to to do the JavaScript or the queries or anything for a script include to make it even more that way. So, I mean, I have very verbose to be able to do it in a script, but let's be yeah. You have, if you don't even look at that and you're looking at uh, just the base system, you have data uh, or assignment uh, lookup rules. Mm-hmm. You have data lookup definitions. You have, I mean. Well, you just said it. Two exact um, examples there that you can always look at out of the box. Assignment group, always, you know, filters out your your assigned twos. So look at the scripting behind that. Or then you have your category, subcategory uh, on the ticket. So that is your select box that then narrows down your subcategory kind of thing. So those are out of the box stuff that you can just go and, you know, plagiarize the scripting off of that if you need to. <laughs> Copy and paste is your friend. It, it, yeah, but we're also, you know, it, when you're talking about out-of-the-box stuff, a data lookup is simply you you create, uh, for example, priority. You go, okay, well, if if this field's this and this field's this, then we're gonna we're gonna automatically set this field, and so there are. Lots of ways to, to, to do any one thing, and there are lots of ways to do it out of the box. The reality is if you have somebody that has a problem doing the basic stuff, they just don't have the knowledge. Yeah. Either they're – if they're internally – they need to go start sending them to training. Yeah. You know? Right. Some of the free training and – And I can't stress this enough. If you are a leader – you need, without a doubt, to get to knowledge. I can't tell you how many leaders are like, "Well, I'm going to send, I'm going to send these other people instead because you know I'm the leader." But no, you need to understand. You need to go. You need to see the power of the platform because that will keep you um, engaged going forward through the year, and it will teach you so much that you will you will not even know what to do with it it just is amazing um and as a leader i think that you should go if if nothing else to show your support for the rest of your rest of the people that are that are on your teams now i will say as a leader there's a lot of benefit to going to knowledge obviously that's where i was converted to not wanting to gut the system and uh, really embrace the system and try to do some really good things out of it um but go and come back with realistic expectations because as a admin developer and network guy a long time ago, I had some bosses that would go to trade shows and 
you know, they'd see an ad slick for something, they would buy it, they would ship it. I would get it in my office delivered. They would get a delivery notification and call me and go, Hey, is that racked up and installed and working yet? And I would be like, what are you even talking about? (laughs) Right. You know, so temper your expectations when you go, there is a lot of magic you can do with service now, but it can't be done overnight. Oh yeah. There's a, ton of stuff out of the box that can be done and yeah don't come back and say okay i want you as a the only admin for a system or you know there might be multiple uh we need to have demand project idea um problem management we change management all this turned on by next month but that's also i'm going to be honest for your managerial add is what we're saying (laughs) yep But but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that also brings back to something that is really near and dear to my heart. You need to have a project plan. You need to have a roadmap. You need to understand where you are today and where you're going. And unless you go to knowledge, it's more difficult to figure that out. Okay, there's one rabbit trail off of a filter okay. onto yeah. knowledge and yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. I think you know we have a quote of at least one every show. I, yeah. Um, so there was another question about losing code in ServiceNow and how far back is that even possible to lose code? How big of an impact is it? Um, can you even do that? I, you know, as a manager, Jason, can you lose code? So no, you cannot lose code. You can delete code. I would recommend (laughs) that you never delete code, never delete anything. If a box comes up and tells you to type in delete, think second about it, right? No, just tell them no. Make sure and put a change in for that. Um, And if you do type delete and then say yes and then say yes again, be the good guy and be honest about that's why the code's not there anymore. <laughs> well, no. If, if Don't just say it was lost. You <laughs> if you're that guy and you deleted an entire table, you go to your very good, wonderful uh, coworker and say, can you please restore to the last backup? Yeah, I didn't. Um, <laughs> okay, so. We've all. Okay. It depends. I guess you could lose code, but almost every single thing you do in the system gets put in an update set. It doesn't matter if it's the update set that you, you know, you create so you can move your code from one instance to the other. If you're in default, everything you do goes into default. So your code's down there somewhere. Yeah. Here's what they're talking about. Unless they, yeah. My guess is they're talking about, well, we did a clone and we deleted code that we created. Let's put it this way. If, if, if code is being deleted in your system, somebody screwed up um, and I've no, and I've screwed up. So it's not, don't get me wrong, but like they've all done that. somebody screwed up and that's why the code is gone because everything like Brent said is saved in update sets. When you move something, especially to production, it's in there. And you know, the idea of losing it out of production is not there. So yeah, well, I, I didn't think about cloning because yes, yeah. cloning, you could definitely clone over your your code Um, let's let's be realistic about um the impact of that though because of the service the schedule you're required to do updates every so often um so you shouldn't be able to lose six months worth of anything no no i would think that i don't know a, a person that's done this for a while if i have any 
let's say I'm getting ready to clone, which I'm getting ready to do, clone my production instance over my dev instance, anything that's update set or code that I've done in dev or the other admins and developers have done in dev, we export that out before we do the clone. So it's just yeah. something you got to get used to. But, you know, if... If, if you've done it once, you're not going to do it again. Right. So it is right, possible. That, that's the problem, though. And you it is a pain process. when you have to go back and redo stuff. Right. But it but shouldn't you set you process. back. And if you're, if you're a, an architect of the system or you're a lead developer, you better have a, a process that you follow to do clones yeah. and, and, and upgrades. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. if you don't, you're going to find this kind of stuff all the time. It's not the Wild right. West. You need structure. Yeah, it's um, okay. okay. I'll say you get a gimme maybe, um, but if you do it more than once, then you're just doing a poor job of your job. Yeah, yep. And I, I hate to be that way. But now, I've never requested. That's the way it is. And I've never. Parting ways, right? Yeah. yeah. I've never requested a restore from ServiceNow. Have you done that before, Jason? Yes. And. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's your fault, but uh, I mean, uh-huh. how can they do? Is it like a snapshot, and they just you know, <laughs> an hour back they they go back and do it, or is it like a day before? Or? Well, it's not production, and and it's changed actually. So, long story short, in Dev and Tech, it's all changed now. Um, in your production system, it's going to be pretty real time backups, which is pretty nice. Dev and test are going to be the same now. They used to be uh, do once a day kind of thing, and so you lose data. But in this case, they're they're backing up on a continuous basis, which is kind of uh, new. Uh, and so th- this is uh, so if you need to do a backup. Uh, I think you can get one more readily uh, available in Dev and Test, so you don't have to lose quite so much. Okay, but you can do a restore and say, okay. Yeah. So bottom line, you can mess up, you can lose code, you can set yourself back, but there are options that should limit that possibility. Mm, yep. Uh, and especially now, I think that there's GitHub integration now as well. With you can do your update sets and then and then. Um, or when you're doing a custom app, you can yep. actually uh, sync with GitHub and stuff like that. So there's con- code control that you can implement on top of their backups to help yep. you move. And, and not to you mention, can export update sets and import update sets as well. Come Madrid, um, they have a whole de- uh, restore portion of ServiceNow. So you delete something, you can go in there and restore almost anything you actually delete. So it's different than it used to be. When I, I think it was, table, yeah, there wasn't a, there was not the functionality to go. I think I want to go undelete that. Right, and uh, I think it was actually. London that had that, wasn't it? Was I it think London? it started in London. But um, yeah, they have a recycle bin pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I've used that a couple times um, just to see if it worked. Uh, not because we deleted anything. It was just I deleted it and see if it would bring it back. But uh, And it did. But um, I don't, I've never tested it with a scoped app, though. I also I have to see that. It will work on a scoped app. And look. Oh, <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> I, you know, uh, it, you try it, and the thing is, it also works with scripts. So, I'll give you a great example. If you're doing mm-hmm. a ground script, and you're and you end up deleting everything in the incident table, 
Ah. Store that. <laughs> okay, so what what you do on that is background script, and you tell it don't do the function, just print out the what it's going to do, and then you can go. Okay, that's what I wanted it to do. So we can talk about background scripts later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for for sure, there are ways to protect yourself. I actually have never done anything in a background script that caused any problems because I do exactly what Brent says, and I run it like twelve times doing a print. Oh. I had a vendor that did it and just uh, retired every CI in our database. Oh, ouch. There were only 3.5 million. So it was fun. Wow. All right. So I think, I think we've answered that question. Um, I don't remember what the question was now. No. Can you delete code? Can you delete code? Yes. And so the answer is not, uh, not really. Um, So. Well, you can, but. Yeah. Be very careful with the cloning, that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Brent, um, Randy, Randy, I know you've got another question here. I think there's one more or two more. Hey, there are pieces of, um, of things that don't move forward when you do an upgrade though, like data pieces. So, so if you're moving from, from, uh, dev to prod, some, there are some pieces that don't move. Is that correct? Okay. So, on a clone, if you're cloning prod over, it moves data, but it doesn't move large things like all the attachments and that kind of stuff. Okay. But if you're moving stuff in update sets, it does. It only moves uh, certain tables and certain uh, scripting, that kind of stuff. It will not move your data over. So, so uh, let's it say you say when you're when you're moving new stuff that you might have to redo something it's that or there's other ways around that you can um let's say you're going to create a uh, catalog item and you've done all your stuff and you're now doing a uh, workflow or a execution plan and you say it the assignment group needs to be this assignment group and it's just an assignment group that you just created in dev you do all your testing and then you're like, okay, I'm skipping tests. I'm just putting this in prod, which is not a good thing, but some people do it. Uh, I, so you complete your update set, you move it over to prod. Now that catalog item doesn't have that, that group that you just created in dev. Uh, so you have to either, you have to manually export that group out and move it over or create a new one in prod, that kind of stuff. But you got to keep in mind when you create that new group in prod, it's going to have a different sys ID. So you have to go update your workflow or execution plan. So that data stuff that is put in the tables don't always move with your update set. Okay. Um, there is a cool tool out on the shop uh, that I was pointed to by ServiceNow that adds in your development system, you can, and I can't remember the name, but uh, when you install it, it will add a action on every form that says, uh, add this to my update set. So if you are in a group, you can click that little, as an admin in dev, you could click that little uh, action and it will take what you just created that normally wouldn't be in the update set and put it in the update set. That's a really cool tool that you have to be careful with though. Yeah. You, you definitely want to be careful with that kind of stuff, but it yep. does, it does help. Um, so, but I think it all boils down to process, right? Yes, it, it does. Process in place. All of that stuff. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that tool necessarily because I just, I, what I end up doing is I export those out um, and import those in, especially if it's large lists, right? Yes. Large lists I would export and, import that kind of stuff. Yes. 
And, and then you're done. I mean, you, you have a process. The process yep. you move the update set. Then after the update set's moved, you import the, the, the XML or the export of the data. And then, boom, you're there. The thing is, if you don't have a process and you don't have a structure around it, you're going to screw up. And, and, and that's when you realize that um, you need a better architect. Or developer or implementer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. We get two more questions to kind of cover, and we've really kind of probably this is one of the longest ones we've done. So um, one of the questions was, are there any tips on integrating with Jira? Uh, or another project tool like that. Yeah. Um, I wish Justin was on because he's worked with Jira before, but um, the answer is uh, I think there's out-of-the-box stuff for Jira. There is. There's two out-of-the-box spokes. Um, it starts as early as London, um, but the uh, Madrid and New York have an updated uh, spoke. Now, you do have to have an integration hub subscription, to use the spoke. So if you don't, you'll have to hit it with the API and it's a little different. But it, with the built-in integration, you can like manage manage issues users, you can manage stories, um, you can bring in data, you can um, use that data in, in flow. Um, you know, it's bi-directional and it does callbacks through the URL. So, I mean, there's lots of, it's pretty functional. Um, but again, you would need to have, uh, a, the supported version, um, of ServiceNow. Yeah. Um, I have not worked with Jared, but I've worked with, um, importing MS project and, um, we did it through, uh, custom soap calls and that kind of stuff. But when you're updating a project plan for in ServiceNow from another project, a lot of times the bi-directional is not always the cleanest. So sometimes the what's coming back from like project into ServiceNow will overwrite what users have done in that project already. So you got to be careful with some of that stuff, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if there's not an out of the box um, integration for what you want, there's usually an API integration and um, uh, a, uh, a web developer, you know, someone who's used to um, doing web dev can be a pretty good guide to, connecting the API stuff up. Yep. Yep. So, and then, um, I, we'd anything more specific than that, we'd have to kind of know what exactly are you wanting to do and pull across and things like that. But right. if you have extremely specific questions, we can research them and answer them as well. Uh, and then the last thing was, um, something we've touched on repeatedly as, uh, as we talked was about the training, um, and, um, kind of how to get up to speed and, and how to build that, you know, knowledge so that you can build passion and empower. And, and um, I know that ServiceNow just launched um, a, a new portal for training and they're offering some courses for free that are very good courses. It used to be a thousand dollars or $2,000 or something like that. Um, and um, what is that? Is it, it's, it's learning now learning or learning now? Yeah. Um, dash now.com or something like that. Now, now learning.service dash now.com. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, you have to have your community login or no, this is the community. It's one of the logins. So you have to have a login to log in and then you have paths that you can follow or you can just go find the free on-demand co- courses there. Yeah. Which the, they just released the admin class. The fundamentals. The fundamentals class as a free, free fundamentals class. And I'm going to tell you, um, I even went through it just as a refresher. And, you know, there are some changes to terminology that even I picked up as going through it. Um, just, you know, as you kind of go through it, you'll find that they change terminology from one version to another. So it helps you stay current, even if you are an experienced, you know, dev guy and an experienced architect, you know, making sure that you go and do those kind of continuous learning uh, are really important. And I think that that is uh, a good place. Also, Udemy has some good courses, in my opinion, as well. Um, and they're always seemingly on sale for like 10 bucks. Yeah. So, if it's not on sale, wait two days and you'll get an email saying it is on sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, so that, that's a good good place. They have some admin class, some developer class, some implementation classes there. So I think that's pretty good learning there as well. Uh, pretty good knowledge there. Um, yeah. The only um, caveat there is they're not always current because of how fast service now releases new stuff yeah right now on this now learning for service now the fundamental class that was 13 hours long i can't believe you had 13 hours free that you could do that again jason yeah. but um <laughs> it'd be nice if i did but well, I, until and I made, and, I made a mistake that i shouldn't have made and i let my uh, i have uh, my developer cert my my uh, implementation certification <laughs> i've got all these certifications and i go i don't really need the admin one i've got all these upper level ones oh, and then no. it turns out it's required for the um, master architect certification mm-hmm. so i'm making sure i'm brushed up on it to finish that out so i can uh, my my goal is to get the master uh, and that's what i was going to say is intel i was just looking at the this i don't know if they're still doing it the other day i was looking and if you take the 13 hour course until about what they say march or something mm-hmm. uh they're giving you a free voucher to yep. go get the certification. So if, even if you've done it right now, go through it again so you can get that voucher and try. Yeah, no kidding. Notice they went up on their on their their prices for their for their tests. No, I Yeah, they're not 300 they went from 150. Okay. Well, they're making their classes cheaper so they're going up on their tests. Yeah. It's a good trade off. makes money somewhere. Um the one thing that um, – I don't know if they're moving away from this since they've created the new portal, but just going to developer.servicenow.com or service-now.com, whichever one works, um, is the right one. Um, but um, you can sign up for a developer account, get a developer instance of ServiceNow to mess around with mm-hmm. And they have some guided paths that walk you through, you know, creating a catalog item, creating lists, filtering lists, even UI rules and business rules and things like that. And yep. that, was, that was extremely helpful. And you can do them in, in you know, 30 minute to one hour chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's really great. Um, and they give you a lot of, a lot out there And the community is really good. I'm going to say that the, 
it's gotten so big that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that's unanswered, and there's a lot of stuff that's you know uh, more difficult to find now than it used to be because it used to be a little smaller community. Um, but with that being said, it's still a wonderful resource. Oh, um, yeah, because the community, I unlike some other communities I've been part of, uh, the developers and the people at ServiceNow actually answer questions on the community pretty quickly. Um, I haven't used it in a long time. I got kind of relaxed and hadn't been going in there. I used to answer help try to answer questions for people. I've started doing that again. So hopefully get a little bit more out there now. Well, another another thing, if you are a developer, if you're somebody or an admin, somebody that troubleshoots and somebody that figures out answers uh, and you want to refine that, one of the things that I thought I felt is helpful is in the mornings, uh, Chuck Tomasi does a daily, uh, he actually goes through the community and answers questions. Yeah. Um, it's a really helpful thing to see um, him answer the questions mm-hmm. and go through why it is what it is. So that's a, that's a good thing um, uh, to, to, to watch as well. And any video by Chuck and those guys, they have uh, some videos that are, um, it's called tech now. They're really mm-hmm. great. Uh, I think I've watched every video of theirs at least four times. Um, so Phil, you know, those are, there's a lot of resources out there, guys. If you want to know more, and that's what I keep telling everybody, everybody's like, where where do I go learn stuff? And I'm like, well, you want to know more? There's lots of resources out there. When do you sleep, Jason? If you, (laughs) if you reach out to us, um, you know, we'll be a resource too. We, we love yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. Well, you can tell by this podcast, if you ask questions, we're going to try to answer them yeah. with as many words as possible. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, we'll put a loud bell on when it's over. So, you know, to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been fun. Uh, we really appreciate the, you know, the questions. Uh, it's great to hear that, that people are getting some use out of, uh, this, um, we're very passionate about the platform. We'll talk about it whether people listen or not, but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> True. When, yeah. When, you know, we get feedback and know people are listening. So keep That's sending right. us your comments and, and, uh, everything. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Brent, Randy. You guys are awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And next time, cool next time, um, we're going to have a lot of fun as well. And um, stay tuned because we're going to have some, maybe some more information on Orlando uh, as a side note in the next one. So um, we're going to Disney World. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to to talking to you guys about that. Um, But until uh, until we hear from you next, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye.